0: Welcome to American Dreams. My guest today is Ian Robilliard. Ian, welcome to today's show. Thanks very much, Alan. I'm really lovely to be here. Well, it, it is truly a pleasure to have you here. I know you're, you're uh, recording from Australia, the land down under, and uh, but we happen to meet at a Golden State Warrior game.
1: Yeah, and a uh, very, very special game for us. We had a delegation travel to America to look at best practice in sport, and we were fortunate to be hosted by uh, by the Warriors. So a shout-out to uh, Mataba who looked after us, but also uh, Joe Lacob as well, who looked after us. So it was lovely.
0: Very good. Well, hey, uh, I, I, I look forward to getting into you sharing about your background, uh, and and what brought you over uh, to America for your VIP tour. And, uh, and let's, let's talk a little bit about your uh, what, what you did, do on a daily basis. So first, for the listeners here, if you can give us your background and uh, the, what, what brought you up to where you are today.
1: Yeah, okay. Uh, well, I know I don't have long. I'm 63. Uh, I've been heavily involved in sport um, from a young age, both as a player, Then as a coach, uh, so I coached professionally, played professionally, then as an administrator in sports business, uh, which is where I uh, reside today. um, I got into that. I was fortunate. I was a teacher by training, um, but moved out of teaching into uh, business administration with the PGA of Australia, professional golf. Uh, I I was just very fortunate to have a a great uh, CEO who was a close friend and a, a great mentor and then um, circumstances meant I left the PGA and set up a regional academy of sports. So in, uh, in Australia, uh, in New South Wales particularly, this is where I work day to day. There are 11 organizations. I manage one of those 11. Um, and it was that group uh, of CEOs that came to America. And that's where we met at the Warriors game. Yeah, so...
0: Um... You know, the the Australians have a a great love for the sports, and, um, you know, it's interesting, and I think oftentimes sports can kind of unify this world uh, through the Olympics and, you know, international exchange. But, um, uh, you know, your background in in sports, I guess, did you decide to focus in on that at a very early age, Ian, or or how did that come about?
1: Yeah, I I guess because I'd I'd had a lot of success as a a player. Um, I I followed a career in sport being a PE teacher. Um, And and I'd say I was a good teacher, but I was was a better administrator. So I left um, teaching and I got into the PGA of Australia, which was fantastic because of the diversity of the, the job. It's not just professional golf, it's It's education, it's tournaments, it's training, it's merchandise, it's, you know, and it's junior development. Um, And as I said, I had a great mentor in that space. And when I left the PGA uh, to stay involved in sport, um, this is probably the business background in me, I did a SWOT analysis on myself, and uh, that was the cattle to to set up an organization, that's highly regarded in in new south wales and i feel very very proud of that and uh, feel very fortunate that i've been able to follow uh, the love of sport into uh, into a career vocational position
0: what changes have you seen in the australian sports throughout the years
1: yeah, a lot. Well, as you'd know, and, and most Americans, the, the affinity between America and Australia is very strong. Our our, our countries are closely aligned. Um, but the changes, um, sport in Australia, I think, you know, well, we've got 26 million people, so we're, you know, there's not a lot of us. Um, and we've got, we've got uh, I think, uh, a, a great environment in which sport takes center stage 90 90 or it would be more than 90 percent of adults have an interest in sport whether that's playing watching spectating children playing it um and, and because of that sport is always fairly high on the australian radar the changes to go back to your to your question um you know there's over the years, increased compliance because of, uh, government intervention, government involvement. Um, there's a greater focus and rightly so on gender neutrality. So a greater focus on women involvement in sport. And if we had our time again, um, that focus should have occurred 20 odd years ago, uh, because our women, uh, our sports women in this country at the top level are very, very good, very competitive. Um, so we're seeing a lot of, a lot of that, um, And there's, over the years, there's been a rise of second and third tier sports that you'll now see at the Olympic Games, where Australia Australia has done very well. Surfing, BMX, skateboarding, these types of uh, sports, you know, 10, 15 years ago, just weren't there. They are now.
0: You know, it's interesting how this all evolved. And if, uh, when I was young, the word BMX was non-existent uh, but uh, the, but some of these secondary sports have become quite big uh, over the years. Uh, so uh, you know, recently you attended a, a study tour in the U.S. Uh, with your group of VI, VIPs from from Australia involved in the sports industry. And, and what what were you looking to uh, find in, in in those visits?
1: Well, it's the first first time in thirty years our network have done this. Um, so it was a bit of a, a, seek out mission. Um, I was fortunate. I kind of had a fair hand in putting the tour together because of just contacts I had through my background, but it was to look at different colleges, different professional teams and try and see what they're doing that we could then bring back and apply in Australia. Um, the couple of things that came out of, out of the trip, other than the fact we we, did a, we had a lot of visitations in the 11 days. I think we had over 30 visitations with different staff, um, but we had a lot of fun. <laughs> that's an Australian trait. Um, but the, the takeaways were there were a couple. It reinfo- reinforced that we're doing a pretty good job with limited resources. Um, so that's typically, I think, the Aussie way of um, just... You know, we're, we've got some real boundaries because of distance uh, and lack of people. But the the lessons we learned from the Warriors in terms of absolute best practice, could we duplicate that in Australia? No, but we've got our eyes on where our athletes can go. But also in the SNC space, we caught up with a good friend, Nick Popovich um, at USC, who's the head of uh, strength and conditioning for the USC uh, Trojans women's side to to spend a morning with Nick to look at what they're doing in their SNC space and how we can apply those those learnings back into our programs. We've already started that. So it, it was to look at what is best practice? Can we duplicate it? Can we modify it? Can we apply it in, in our setting? And if we can, we're continuing in front of the bell curve because, again, and you'd know this, Alan. In business, if you're standing still, you're going backwards. Well, the same in sport. So we had that mantra the whole trip.
0: Yeah, you know, Nick, uh, when you when you look and reflect on your life, your life path of bringing you up to where you are today, if you had your time again in in the sports uh, active uh, active uh, playing the sports, what would you do different, if indeed anything?
1: Yeah, that's that's a tough question. <laughs> well, I guess at a macro level, um, sport in our country is just over governed. Um, so we have local associations where you'd have high kids that play at high school. Your kid go you know, from high school to college to pro, pretty simple, seamless transition. We have high schools, but next to that we have local associations. Then above that we have state sporting organizations. Above that we have the national sporting organizations. And each one of those steps, um, and I'll use basketball, which was my background, you you have hundreds and hundreds of organizations that look after the one sport. So at, at a macro level, we're just over-governed in Australia. And if you could streamline that, you'd get some great outcomes. Um, at, probably more at a micro level, day-to-day, if, if I had my time again, if we could get staff to specialize earlier in their uh, vocations, and in their, in their careers, the outcomes of our our, our athletes would be uh, fast-tracked and probably even better still. Well, Nick is, uh,
0: excuse me, Ian, it's certainly been a pleasure having you with us uh, today. I, I'm just curious, uh,
1: Andrew Bogut, uh, uh, have you run across the past with him? I did. Um, So a few years ago when the lockout occurred, uh, I was actually the head coach of the Sydney Kings and Bogut was in Australia and uh, our club tried to get get him to play. But we were unable, our owners were unable to uh, cover the insurance costs uh, in case of a short-term injury. So he wasn't able to play. He's now a a part owner of the Sydney Kings and the owner of the Sydney Kings, a fellow Paul Smith, uh, has a lot to do with San Francisco, uh, with the Warriors. Smitty, Smitty's got Bovitt involved as a part owner. So uh, I kind of I have run across him in a former life, and I keep an eye on what he's up to. Well, we, we love him. He was part of the reason that they got to their, their first championship
0: after uh, Joe Lakeham acquired the team. And it, so, uh,
1: anyways, you run across and wish him well from, from us. So. No problem, Alan. Appreciate the time and the opportunity to have a chat.